So I feel like to most sophomores and freshmen, like this feels normal to us. Like this is what normal campus is like. To you as someone who was here before COVID, does it feel normal? No. On April 12th, Amherst announced that it would no longer require the COVID-19 vaccine for community members and that it would close its on-site PCR testing program on Friday, June 2nd. With this latest policy change, I think that many people would say that we are officially living in a post-pandemic era. At least nominally, no COVID-era policies, from mask requirements in the classroom to mandated PCR tests several times per week, remain. But what about campus life? What about the strength of the community, the connections within and between classes, the social scene? Have these returned to their pre-pandemic normalcy? The current seniors, members of the class of 23 or 24E, will be the last class of Amherst students to remember campus life from before the pandemic, as COVID started in the spring of their freshman year. On today's episode, I talk with current seniors and recent graduates to get a sense of what Amherst campus was like before COVID and how it compares to campus life now. That's coming up on Terrace Radiant, Campus Life After COVID-19. I'm your host, Andrew Rosen. To begin this episode, I want to share what my interviewees said when I asked them to describe the fall of their freshman year before COVID started. Here's senior Lily Popoli. It felt like a honeymoon period of college, which I guess maybe that happens every fall, everyone's freshman fall. But for me and everyone I've talked to also, they kind of look back on freshman fall as this like magical time that like has not been replicated since, even now that COVID restrictions are gone. You know, and it felt like a time when we were all like wanted to be friends with each other and everyone kind of wanted to be here, was was really excited to be here. And it was just like loving being on campus and loving everything about it, even like the annoying things and being like, oh, that's so Amherst though, but enjoying everything about it. And Kathleen Harris, member of the class of 24E. When thinking about it with my friends, we called it like a web of connections. It just seemed like it wasn't pods of people who associated with each other. It was like, if you looked out from yourself, somehow you would find a way to connect yourself to everyone in the community. Um, And in a lot of social situations, it felt like that was happening. Um, It was a really cool place to be a part of. Maybe it's a case of rosy retrospection, and campus life pre-COVID was not quite as good as the current seniors remember it. But regardless, I think most students who were not here at Amherst before the pandemic would find it interesting how current seniors characterize pre-pandemic campus life. Full of excitement and positivity, with webs of connections that transcend individual friend groups and united the student body, and no shortage of fun social activities. But on March 9th, 2020, that would change. We were all in the Val, and like a lot of the teams were there also because they just had practice. And like everyone looked at everyone, like it was like an audible like shock. And like there were seniors that I remember running out like crying of Val. Like you would just see it on the seniors' face, especially like how upset they were. And there were some people that were like, someone was like, some people were cheering, saying like, oh, no classes, because they thought like we'd be back after a week. Other people were like, ran out crying. Most students remember exactly where they were and what they were doing when they got that fateful email announcing that the college would be shutting down due to the COVID-19 pandemic. At the time, there were various reactions from the student body, with some students realizing that this meant the end of their Amherst careers and others in a state of denial, thinking that the lockdown would soon be over. Here's Olivia Giger, 
class of 21 and former editor-in-chief of The Student, and Lisa Zoitlin, who started at Amherst in the fall of 2017, but took a gap year and graduated in 2022. And, and yeah. then, like, the dominoes just fell that week. Like, that was, I was so distinctly remember it was a Monday night. And then, like, by Thursday, like, everyone in the country was shutting down. Yeah. And I remember being, like, I mean, I felt, I, we thought that there was still going to be graduation. We were like, oh, it'll be, like, closed for a month or two, and then, like, there'll be graduation. Because I really, I remember, like, being sad that I was abroad and missing stuff happening at Amherst, but I, like, knew that I would, like, go to commencement. I was like, I'll be done with abroad, and then I'll, like, go to commencement, and it'll be so fun. We now know that there would be no commencement that year. And the policies that Amherst implemented during the early stages of the pandemic, and importantly, continued to enforce even after other colleges and society writ large lifted most COVID-19 restrictions, would have a lasting impact on campus dynamics, an impact that seniors continue to feel today, whether underclassmen know it or not. In the early months of the pandemic, after students were allowed back on campus in August of 2020, the college's often isolating COVID-19 policies also generated the opposite effect as one would expect. With little to do and nowhere to go, students found a new and meaningful sense of community in the Amherst bubble. Here's Lily. People like actually think really liked it then. It was really, even though the restrictions were like really bad, you became just really close with the people you lived with because you kind of had to hang out with them all the time. And also just like random people on your dorm, you, you became friends with like people I've, I would never talk to, like we had to kind of talk with each other which was really nice. And then I, then everyone thought it would kind of like stay like that, where it was like, oh, we're all like, you know, together and we're all in this together. And then it kind of went back to like the normal social dynamics, which kind of, that kind of sucked. But it was nice in that period. Even the social scene, against all odds, would be a thing of envy to current Amherst students. Here's senior I.K. Agba. And quick side note, if you're an administrator, please skip the next 15 seconds of this podcast. We just got creative with how like, we spent our time how like we wanted to like basically how we wanted to have fun so like people were and may, maybe I shouldn't be saying this but I don't care <laughs> but like people were having having dorm parties like people were throwing parties outside in the Val Quad like literally like any way for us to like come together and like turn up even if it was a little like everyone was there like and like to me like that's how like Amherst should be. In certain cases, students weren't simply finding creative ways to connect, survive, and have fun under the college's COVID-19 policies, but were really grateful for the policies. Here's Olivia. It's so interesting to me how so many of the things that became, like, really draconian and awful later on, like the testing mandate and, like, the, the don't-leave-campus restriction, were, like, so valuable at a time. Like, when I, I lived off-campus obviously my senior fall when I wasn't allowed to go back to campus, but Amherst extended like halfway through that semester. They were like, Oh, actually you can come get tests here on campus if you want. And that was so amazing because testing was so hard to come by and it was so expensive if you got it. And when Olivia was finally allowed back on campus in February of 2021, she said that she was grateful to be on campus at all. And that there was a quote, joyous feeling among the students not least because they knew from previous months how bad it could be. 
Olivia described a greater appreciation for the things that students usually took for granted. The opportunity to interact with other students and socialize, as well, was a luxury not readily available to individuals living out in the real world. Olivia, again. I think I was thinking of it at that point compared to like where the rest of the world was, which by February when we went back to school, the rest of the world was still totally in lockdown. Mm -hmm. And it was like pretty amazing and revolutionary to be like, I can just eat dinner with my friends and don't have to worry about like where they've been or if I've quarantined for a week or if I've talked to anyone and like it was so like pretty it was pretty profound to have that kind of socialization at that point in my in like in the pandemic yeah. when everyone else outside was not having any of that socializing. It's clear that from the first weeks of the pandemic, Amherst implemented strict COVID nineteen policies which included everything from preventing students from going into town to requiring students to wear a mask both when inside the residence halls and when outdoors. But while these policies did generate controversy, at this point in the pandemic, these sorts of regulations were par for the course. Over time, however, the rest of the world would begin to open up, while Amherst COVID-19 policies didn't budge. Even throughout the fall semester of 2020, when the first 937 students were allowed back on campus, the college didn't ease COVID-19 restrictions even as students produced negative tests and successfully formed a campus bubble. It was this failure to adapt over the course of the pandemic and followed the trends of wider society that really made students upset. Here's how Lisa and Olivia described it. I think it's the tone was set when we were the first school and then they felt like they needed to keep this bar of like, we are the most like science-driven, most like cautious, keeping our community the safest because they had like set the bar of doing that from the get-go. And I think that it went on for much too long. Yeah, I, I really, I didn't feel that way. I think there definitely like was that weird, like super liberal, like virtue signaling almost of like, we're listening, we're doing this because we're listening to science because this is the right thing to do instead of like, we're doing this because this is the right thing to do. Sort of, I don't know if that difference makes sense, but I felt like when it first happened, I was like, this is extreme. And then like a week later, I was like, oh, this is happening everywhere. And it it no longer felt extreme. And then come summer, when they announced the plan of who could come back, that's again, when it felt extreme. But during the first few months of the pandemic, like March, April, May. It made sense. Yeah, it made a lot of sense. The policy that Olivia is referring to stated that only freshmen, sophomores, juniors who had not studied abroad, and transfer students could return to campus in the fall of 2020. Olivia said that this policy, quote, fractured the senior class, as some seniors were allowed to return to campus, while others, like herself, were not. For many students, like IK, certain college COVID policies never made much sense. IK, for example, objected to the two-person per dorm room limit where having more than two people in your room at one time was not allowed and violations would get you kicked off of campus. Everything could be taken away from you just by wanting to talk to your friends, he told me. Regardless, as the pandemic went on and the threat of COVID decreased, there was no proportional rollback of Amherst COVID policies. This asymmetry between the state of the COVID pandemic and Amherst COVID policies, in addition to Amherst strict surveillance and reporting protocols, bred distrust among the student body towards the administration and created a climate of fear on campus. Here's IK. After we got the third vaccine, I'm like, I'm starting to like, and we saw a drastic decrease in COVID cases on campus. Like, I didn't understand like why we were still doing that and why they were using like 
fear tactics to make sure like we didn't like do anything like yeah. to make to make sure we didn't hang out with our friends like does that even make sense Amherst continued to enforce strict COVID-19 policies even after vaccines became widely available. Shortly before the start of the 2021-2022 school year, in light of the Delta variant, Amherst announced a new set of COVID-19 protocols that, among other things, required students to double mask or wear a KN95 in the classroom and prevented students from eating at restaurants in town. Over 400 students signed an open letter protesting these protocols, arguing that the quote, updated set of guidelines appears to be out of line with the current CDC, state, local, and peer institution standards for COVID-19 response, and we demand revision and clarification. At the end of February 2022, as COVID cases spiked and the college's isolation space neared capacity, the college again implemented tighter restrictions, such as indoor mask requirements and a cap on the number of students allowed in VAL and other non-academic spaces, although these protocols were lifted on March 1st as cases began to decline. This cycle of tightening and loosening restrictions as infection rates fluctuated continued for most of the pandemic, before the college officially ended its weekly surveillance testing on August 15, 2022, and mask requirement for all on-campus locations in November of 2022. So here we are. I'm recording this podcast on April 22, 2023, and we no longer have these draconian COVID-19 protocols. We can go to class without a mask, hang out in groups of more than 10 people, eat at restaurants in town, invite guests to campus from outside the Amherst community, and so on and so forth. But the question becomes, does this mean that campus is truly back to normal? Is the Amherst that we go to today the same Amherst that the current seniors went to in the fall of 2019? That's coming up after the break. Even though Amherst no longer enforces any COVID-19 policies, The effects of the protocols that the college implemented over the course of the pandemic didn't simply disappear alongside the mask mandates and testing requirements. Here's Lily. I think everyone kind of was, especially my grade, just became really disillusioned with Amherst and like, you know, just the restrictions that happened in the past and not wanting to like have a good time here anymore because they had such a bad experience during COVID. They're like, why try to even have fun anymore? But, you know, before COVID, it was like everyone kind of wanted to be here and everyone wanted to have fun. And, you know, everyone recognized it's not like a big party school, but everyone like kind of brought their own fun and everyone was willing to like buy into this whole, you know, Amherst, like small liberal arts experience and still, you know, enjoy themselves and, you know, like lean into like the quirky things about Amherst. And now it's like everyone just kind of will go to something and be like, this sucks and then leaves. And like no one has given it really a chance, I think, post COVID. Whereas before everyone kind of, you know, wanted to, you know, like Amherst, but now everyone, at least in my grade, wants to be like, this sucks, let's not even try to have fun. How students perceived the college's COVID-19 policies had a profound impact on how they would come to perceive the college itself. The fact that students viewed the policies as unfair, unnecessarily strict, etc., made it such that students were not excited to be here and were not loving everything about campus, a stark contrast to how Lily described the campus atmosphere in the fall of her freshman year. And this applies not only to the current juniors and seniors, but also to the current sophomores who entered campus in the fall of 2021. So you have approximately three quarters of a college campus that feels like they've been wronged in some way by the college. Here's how Lisa described it. There's also a narrative, though, of people who had lived kind of more independently and then came back to campus and were like felt very restricted by what campus was like when Mm. you could live 
elsewhere. Like when you describe your senior spring as like being free, like I was in time off living in New York, visited my friend at like Cornell and Ithaca College, and it was like a free for all there. And they could do whatever they want because like they lived off campus and everything like that. And so I think it was this big like difference in how schools were handling it also by spring by like later in spring by the time everyone got the vaccine then the rest of the world was like going out and doing stuff and yeah it was was post-vaccine amaris was like haha you can stay on campus and not leave which that point was when it was like are you kidding me this is this is draconian to monitor the perimeter of campus and not let people leave was was that was ridiculous. And as students fixated on the injustice of Amherst COVID policies, it made them cynical and crowded out the memories of pre-COVID campus life. Here's Lily again. I think people like just really just started hating Amherst and it became such a big thing, at least when I was here during COVID, like Amherst sucks and everyone was like, I want to transfer. And I think that has just stayed in people's mind that Amherst like sucks because of not they don't even think about their fall anymore like that's totally thrown out the window of like that amazing fall I think everyone had our freshman year and everyone just harps on like the awful times we had during COVID which is fair you know but I don't know I don't think people kind of want to move past that and people kind of just want to be done with Amherst and like are just excited to leave honestly. Okay so this bitterness towards the administration and the college which arose out of the college's COVID-19 policies but continues to have an effect even now that the policies are gone is one reason why the campus today is not quite the same as it was before the pandemic. Another reason is that a sense of community or unity within the student body remains absent. Here's Kathleen. Compared to pre-COVID Amherst, I think like the larger sense of community is the thing that I feel like is missing the most. And it's nice, I can see it happening in the freshman and sophomore classes, like those webs are starting to build again. But I think for the juniors and seniors, there was such a a gap of time that was missing where those webs would have been forming and connecting and like brewing. In some sense, this lack of community is also a consequence of Amherst COVID policies. In the early days of the pandemic, gatherings were limited to no more than 10 students, and students could be kicked off of campus for having more than two people in a dorm room at a time. In the fall of 2020, for example, senior Alistair Poole was kicked off of campus, at least in part, for having two friends from his room group help him move furniture in his dorm room reported Ryan Yu, Zach Jonas, Natalie DeRosa, and Olivia Giger for The Student. These policies were certainly important in terms of curbing the spread of the virus, but one could also imagine how everything from taking a full semester off with a small group of friends to being forced to pick a small group of friends to room with when on campus, forming a so-called pod, would lead to greater divisions within the student body. And then, of course, there's Val, which did not return to full capacity until October 20th, 2021. Here's IK. Val, like, you can't eat in Val, so, like, that, and, bro, and Val is such, like, a crucial part to, like, like, social well-being on this campus, just, like, being able to talk, talk, talk to your people, like, you can, you literally see everyone at this school in Val, and that was literally taken away from us, like, we had to, we, we could eat outside, but, like, masks on, like, all that. So, Well, as Lily described earlier, students became really close with the people they lived with throughout the pandemic. These small networks or micro-communities did not translate into a wider sense of community once the pandemic ended. IK, again. During COVID, anyone who was on campus, like, 
it was like, I was honestly, I would say that's the closest community I've experienced. And then like post COVID, I feel like we just kind of like regressed into like being more divided. We were all really close during COVID because we had nothing to do. Like we were all just hanging out with each other, suffering together. Um, And then like the people who were off campus and and returned the next year, like I feel like people just kind of gravitated towards their like groups. And so like, we never really had like, like we lost that cohesion. Okay, so our second explanation for the difference in campus life before and after COVID is that the college's policies and life during the pandemic more generally fractured larger social groups, made interacting with a diverse group of students extremely challenging and nudged people into small and insular communities. Our third and final explanation is related to the second, and that is COVID prevented the passing down of campus traditions and institutional knowledge from the upperclassmen to the underclassmen, who are now seniors. Here's Lily. A lot of the traditions are like things that, like as freshmen, I think a big issue is we weren't like given the tools of, you know, how are we gonna be seniors to like show people like what Amherst is like and how to have fun because we were never really given that chance because we were off campus for so long. So I think like, you know, when we were freshmen, the seniors kind of had all these traditions that they would show us like, you know, people do this and you know, this is kind of what we do on the weekends. And now it's like, we're seniors and like, we're like, all right, how, how do we like have fun now? Part of the issue IK told me is that the current senior class simply didn't have time to become a cohesive body like the seniors were when he was a freshman, which he says is a fundamental ingredient to building a good social scene. Kathleen echoed IK's sentiment, saying that it's as much a matter of campus culture as it is a matter of concrete traditions. Here's Kathleen. Most of the student body right now doesn't know what it was like pre-COVID, and if they're falling into a culture that's been set during COVID, they don't know how to break out of that because they've never seen anything else. So I do think it is on the administrators, but then I, I think about who makes up the admin right now. Most of them, like the, the turnover's been so huge since COVID as well that, I don't know, it's weird to see across campus at all levels of like staff, faculty, admin, students, the turnover of who was here pre-COVID. It's pretty, pretty low across the board. As Kathleen points out, while upperclassmen can play a positive role in passing down Amherst traditions to the freshmen and sophomores, they can also, in a sense, corrupt the underclassmen. When the freshmen are introduced to a culture of cynicism, when they're surrounded by upperclassmen who are unhappy with Amherst and unhappy to be here, we risk reproducing the same negative attitudes towards the college within future generations of Amherst students, even if they were not directly affected by the college's COVID policies. Here's Lily. I guess for, like, the juniors, I guess they kind of went through the they don't they didn't have much to compare to because they came in during COVID so they didn't have like I remember like us when I was a sophomore when we were here during COVID they we would be like they liked Amherst a lot the freshmen but we would just tell them how much it was so much better and I think that definitely gets passed down to like underclassmen I think someone came they were like oh what's so different like I keep hearing it was so much better and instead of any us trying to fix it I think though we kind of are like oh you know we can't it's kind of out of our hands and you know it's just changed and nothing will go back to it being how it was so yeah i think that definitely gets passed down what specifically is different well seniors tell me that it's everything from engagement with on-campus speakers and events everyone's like just excited to go to things like even just like lit fest i remember freshman year like everyone was like packed anytime there's a talk at johnson chapel it was always so packed and now these like amazing speakers come in and it'll be like 50 students max 
So I think people were just more like wanted to go to things and actually wanted to be here. And that doesn't seem like the sentiment now. To the elimination of programs like Pindar Student Dinners. It was like, basically, your names, like every name of every student got entered into a lottery. And every month they would just pick like, I think it was like 40 students. And you would just go to this like super nice catered dinner with a bunch of faculty and like hang out all night. And it was supposed to be like a cross class year, random people, like the school designed an event every month just to have people hang out with each other. And it was sort of like guaranteed you'll get to be in one during your time at Amherst. The list goes on, including everything from changes to how students form room groups to tighter restrictions on registering parties. I think Kathleen sums it up well. Those little things that made up what I knew of as Amherst my first year are just gone. And it's so weird to think of the fact that like two months from now, they'll be gone from like the memory of the people at Amherst. If we've established that there are material differences between campus life today and campus life before the pandemic, Whose responsibility is it to return campus to its pre-COVID normalcy? Does this change have to come from the students? From the administration? The answer, most likely, is some of both. On one hand, Lisa argues that it's on the students to make their own fun. Like, you're kind of, you're kind of isolated from big cities. It's like you're in a small town, but like, you can make bar night as fun as you want. You can get as many people to come as you can. And like, it just takes a few people who are I think positive and connectors to be like let's all like we're gonna make the most of it we're only here for a limited time like try not to romanticize the the real world too much because when you're in the real world you're gonna be yeah you're gonna romanticize Amherst (laughs) on the other hand IK argues that certain elements of the student hosted event policy a post-covid invention make it excessively difficult to organize social events I feel like the college like that, that's just another one of those, like, new things that they've implemented to just, like, stop us from, like, having a good time. And it's like, okay, like, and, 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 I've, tr- and I've tried to reserve space, reserve space in it. Like, the system just doesn't work because it's like, oh, you need to reserve, you need to have someone who's living there reserve it. And I'm just like, okay, well, no one, no one on my team, it, no one on my team lives in any of these residential halls that we want to live in. The other ones are first years, so it's like we can't, we can't reserve spaces. At the same time, though, Amherst students have to take advantage of the opportunities that are available to them. People need to understand there are schools that don't have dorms, like that, like residential dorms that people can throw parties in. Like I have a lot of friends who are like, so. You throw, you live here, and you can throw parties here. Like I'm, I don't really understand. I'm like, yeah, and you know, that's a luxury that Amherst give, gave us, and like, kudos to them. Thank, thank you for allowing us to do that. But like, we as a community need to take advantage of that. Even, even if Amherst is like being mad annoying about the fucking restrictions and all that, like we need to realize that, like, we're all cool and creative people. Like. If we want to have fun, like, we have to do it. There's some hope, too, that the issues with campus culture will resolve themselves on their own once the seniors graduate, as they were most affected by COVID and, as Lily said, are ready to be done and excited to leave. Here's Lisa. 
I also, yeah, I understand the resentment that seniors would feel of like, oh, my college experience was so much worse than it, like, you know, could have been. Because I feel like I got the whatever golden pre-COVID and then I got like the one year of like, everyone's so grateful to be back and like things are loosening year. And so I think this is just an adjustment year maybe of like, okay, we're less, we're less grateful to be back. Um, the memory of like how of what it could have been, yeah. People during COVID. Yeah, so I think maybe that'll pass when like people kind of readjust to like, oh, I don't have to be super ecstatic to be here, <laughs> but I also I'm not being limited. I'm not being limited by being here. Or maybe, just maybe, there's less of a difference between pre and post pandemic campus culture than we would think. And like I think. I think it's interesting to hear you say this because it feels like a new stripe of a very similar pattern because yeah, I think there's always like the part, the like nature of being in this, this place that's asking you to think really critically and like study how, how governments and, and communities function and what makes things just and equal. I think there's always going to be some striving for making it better and noticing how this how an institution is failing you and so so it sounds like a new way like it sounds like a familiar thing of like kind of just general unhappiness and like uh friction with the institution and with the administration the question then becomes what will students do about it will they channel their frustrations into productive outlets and work within the student body and administration to improve the atmosphere and social scene or Will they wish away their time here, waiting to graduate and leaving the problem to the next generation of Amherst students? We don't have the answers now, but maybe in a future episode of Terrace Irradiant. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Terrace Irradiant, Campus Life After COVID-19. This episode was produced by me, Andrew Rosen, and edited by Lucas Bernstein. Additional research was provided by Julie Caper. Make sure to follow Terrace Irradiant wherever you get your podcasts. 